Well, hello and welcome to this episode of the A Mother Brand podcast. I'm so excited to share this episode with you. Today, we're talking about subscription box businesses, how you build one and how you get it to be successful. Because subscription boxes are everywhere now. And really, they're a total win-win because as a business owner, you get reliable monthly recurring revenue. And as a customer, you get to look forward to a monthly box of something wonderful turning up. So this week, I'm so excited to be talking to Helen Burgess. Helen's the founder of Little Cook's Company, a subscription box business that supplies families with fun, tasty and nutritious cooking kits every single month. Helen's story is a really interesting one. She quit her job in strategy at number 10, whilst on maternity leave, to follow her passion and to retrain in nutrition. Once qualified, she knew she wanted to start a business, but she had no idea how she was going to do it. Within two years, Helen was sending out 500 boxes a month with zero marketing spend and no help. Soon afterwards, she got investment and now Helen's sending out 5,000 boxes a month and she has nine members of staff working with her who all proudly work flexibly around their families. Listen to this podcast to hear Helen's journey and how she's managed to create this success, as well as her key recommendations for starting up and growing a subscription box business. I hope you enjoy my interview with Helen. Burgess. This is the A Mother Brand podcast and I'm your host Noni White. I'm a former TV producer director turned mother and entrepreneur, passionate about showing more mothers that you don't have to settle, that there is a way to be the mother that you want to be and do work that you truly love that works for you. On this show I'll share simple strategies for building a life you love based on business development and personal development through the lens of the science of well-being, positive psychology. I'll also be sharing interviews with inspiring female founders and my own insights and experiences from the front line of juggling motherhood and business. Now let's get going with today's episode. Helen, thank you so much for joining me today. That's my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. I'm so excited to talk to you. We were just saying before we started this interview that my daughter is a huge, actually both my children are huge fans of Little Cooks and have been for over a year now. So actually your business is part of the fabric of our life, of our family life. So this is quite special for me and I have a ton of questions for you. Oh, it's wonderful, wonderful to hear. So when did you set up Little Cooks? So I set it up in 2017, um, just completely on my Todd. Um, with no business experience. So prior to setting up Little Cooks, I worked in government as um, in different strategy roles across different departments. And I actually ended up in cabinet office um, linked to number 10 when I um, fell pregnant with my son. And um, yeah, I loved it. It was the most wild and wonderful journey. And I would recommend it as a career to anyone, but equally kind of being in the hub of it and seeing how it all works and I thought actually do I want to do this when I go back I'd always cared about nutrition I had oversight of all of government's work and I would always hone in on like the childhood obesity the sugar tax the this the that because that's what my interest it's what sparked my energy so I knew it was my passion and then obviously having a child is so transformative as every parent knows and I just used it as an opportunity to think actually I'm going to, I'm going to quit. I'm going to be brave. I'm going to retrain in nutrition, which I love um, and, and do something. And I didn't know what I was like, I'm going to set up a business. And then I it kind of got, I finished my course or I was actually, I was third year into my nutrition course. And then suddenly it was like, 
oh god I've said I'm going to set up a business and I've I kind of got to now and I, oh it was it felt quite overwhelming and actually at that point I I was um seeing a mindfulness coach and counsellor and we talked about it and it, it all came up about this sort of fear of failure was actually the thing that was sort of felt scary so we kind of worked on that and then it just magically kind of all the opportunities came around at the right time and um yeah and then I, so I, I was able to sort of come up with um the the business proposition and just get some you know it, at the time it feels so overwhelming when you think I'm going to start a business oh my god this is massive what am I going to do and actually you're like well I just need to kind of register company's house that's easy I need to get a few boxes I need to get some recipes and some ingredients and and the health and safety I thought that would be so overwhelming but actually it's very easy to register as a food business you just contact your local authority and then they do an environmental health check but they're very flexible about um knowing that people are you know start up in their houses and then you, you just sort of make sure you've got a risk register and a few things but it was much easier than I thought and off you go and it was so it was amazing to, it felt so empowering to be like I've got this thing and and I can just do it and and then it was obviously all just my mates that bought it to start with <laughs> but to help me out um, but then with a lot of hustling and determination and keeping my energy going, it's sort of grown to now something that, yeah, is, yeah, beyond my wildest dreams, I suppose. And I want to talk about that, but I want to rewind to what you said about overcoming your fear of failure, because mm. I suspect that resonates with everybody. Yep. And I think there's that kind of what I heard is that sort of double whammy of Oh, oh my goodness I might fail and therefore I don't want to even start yeah and also that everything seems much more scary than it actually is once yeah. you've done it yeah I totally and still to this day you know you think about oh I've got to do this thing and it's how am I ever going to do that you get the imposter syndrome and then you do and you're like oh actually it's really it, it's really okay you bit breaking stuff down into chunks and just doing it bit by bit rather than letting the overwhelm happen by the sort of end point um but yeah, the, I mean, the mindset stuff, I'm so, I wish that I had read Carol Dweck's book, Mindset, like years and years before I had, because I, I realised all my career through the civil service, I had this fixed mindset, I had to be successful, I had to, you know, climb the ladder as quickly as possible, I couldn't bear it, if I remember working on a project once we were doing election planning, and my side of it just wasn't going well and I, I couldn't sleep I couldn't do it I had to, I, this has to be better this has to be better and it massively affected my mental well-being and then it was only when I was doing this and I, I suppose my passion for it was such that I thought no I've got to overcome this because to make a true success of this business I can't it, I have to be okay with it failing or taking the hits and not crucify me otherwise I won't go for the opportunities I'll I'll be drawn away from them because I think well if I don't get it it would be too painful so I suppose that was the thing that nudged me into being brave enough to really tackle it with the counsellor was I really care about this and I really want this to work so I have to have more resilience to to be able to just push on even when your heart's breaking <laughs> if you know you've had some bad feedback or something something's failed you you know you've got to just keep that determination up and and move, move into that growth mindset it's all a learning and it takes a long time I still I'm much, so much better at it now than I was 
but it's, there's still times when it's like sucker punches. <laughs> it's like hell. That growth mindset piece is, I think, something that all entrepreneurs discover if they hadn't come across it before. Mm. It's so of our generation that we were all brought up with these fixed mindsets. And totally. just to our parents, they, they, they don't understand anything but a fixed mindset. So mm. it's amazing that we're learning about it now. And it seems an absolutely essential skill as an entrepreneur. But as yeah. you say, it's like, oh, why didn't we know that earlier? And that's, I know. I'm, I'm so trying to teach it to my son, but it's sometimes I look and I'm like, oh, he's got it. And then other times I'm like, no, no, <laughs> like he can't lose it a game of chess or, you know, he's so, it has to be right. It has to be. I just think it's a journey, isn't it? You've got to kind of just give the right messaging and, um, you know, just hope that, it, and I suppose if you live it, then they'll, they'll see it and they'll learn from it so you've got to do it yourself as well that's it you know we're modeling what we want them to be like yeah and that's yeah. kind of helpful too isn't it when you're thinking okay well I know this is scary and I don't want to do it but yeah. I know I have to because little eyes are watching yeah I do it with my sanity I used to hate doing um I still do actually I'd the, the fear of presentations it's much better since I've been through this sort of journey but I can remember taking him to school once and I had, I was driving off to then go and do quite a big presentation. And I was talking to him about it and saying, you know, I feel nervous about this, but I'm going to do it anyway, because, you know, the things that we're nervous about, the things that scare us, that's normally when it's actually the best. And I said, can I practice with you? So I said it out to him and, and I just was like thinking, I mean, I was doing it to hopefully show him just do the things that frighten you because actually in my life, when I've done the thing that's frightened me most, it's always been the most rewarding. And I, it's a cruel fact of life, I think. <laughs> it's the way it is. But it's always been true for me. So I never want him to shy away from what he's frightened of. Yeah, I, I read somewhere that becoming an entrepreneur, as is becoming a parent, is like personal growth on steroids. You know, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Journey. Yeah. And I love that I'm exactly the same. I was I, th I think I refrained. I learned about transactional analysis yesterday. And I was trying to explain oh. that to my seven and five-year-old. And I realized that was possibly a little bit too advanced. Yeah. Um, I took them through some breathing exercises because I realized the more that I talked about it out loud with them, I was giving them tools, but also I was kind of embedding it. In my yes, the learning for you. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I'm the same, you know, everything I'm trying to turn it into something that's helpful for them because we're learning so much about overcoming barriers and the things we tell ourselves that's so it's such a nice thought that we can save them that part of the journey or instill yes. them with that, that power earlier. Exactly. Just it's the emotional resilience, I think, that, you know, and lean into it rather than run away from it because life is so much, it could be so much fuller if you take advantage of all the opportunities rather than shy away from them because they're scary or you might fail or it might hurt, but that's hard, you know, and, and you know, they're getting that messaging now. So hopefully by the time they're, you know in careers that it will be much easier for them so what were the biggest messages that what 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 helps you the most in terms of overcoming your fear of failure and just getting going I think that that sort of breaking it down into the chunks of like okay you know yes I want to you know the business to grow and I want but actually what can I do right now I can create some really cool social media posts or I can reach out to someone I admire and ask if they would potentially have a conversation with me I can do the sort of just take action because I think that positive 
energy that you put into something it, it always pays off not always in the way you'd expect but as long as you're keeping at it and you know you've got that positivity and putting energy into it I'm such a believer in in that and like keeping your frequency high um and then I actually would do a lot of um because my counselor was also a mindfulness coach um she gave me a lot of self-compassion mindfulness exercises to do so all the Kristen Neff and um Tara Brack and so I would do those quite often like when something really painful came along or a failure happened or um I was feeling really vulnerable I just made sure I made time to do that every evening so like my bathroom is like my shrine where I've got candles and I I couldn't possibly imagine ever meditating not in my bathroom <laughs> because it's so lovely and the lighting's all nice it's the favorite bit of my house and I would just make sure if something hurt I was like it's okay because I'm going to do some self-compassion like mindfulness tonight and but it, it's amazing how it really just reminds you like we all everybody suffers in the world doesn't matter where you're from who you are what your you know what your circumstances everyone feels pain and it's unavoidable and it's how you you know support yourself when you're going through it and not beat yourself up you know we're just all trying the best we can in our own way and we have to keep reminding ourselves and in now I've been doing it for so long that it's my natural when something difficult happens or I've made a big mistake or I've overlooked something I before I would always berate myself and now I just say well you've got a lot on of course things like that happen you know I talk to myself as though I'm my mate (laughs) and it's lovely like it's taken a lot of you know retraining the the neural pathways but it it works over time incredibly supportive yeah and what do you do generally? We'll, we'll, we'll get into your, your very, very exciting and successful business in a minute, but I'm just loving this chat about mindset and well-being and what yeah. you do for yourself. Um, because I think it's whether you're starting at the beginning of the journey and you're scared to press go or you're just in it, you know, there's always a next level which seems really uncomfortable or a mistake that needs to be made to learn the next thing. Yeah. Um, so these processes never stop you you always have to look after yourself and build Mm. and maintain your resilience and your mindset so Mm. you've mentioned you do self-compassion meditation and what what else do you do to look after your mindset and your well-being um so actually in the last year I've been doing the cold water like so many other people (laughs) I bought Wim Hof's book and it's amazing I mean it's taken me a year but now I can sit in a tub of basically iced water for minutes and it just completely you can't think about anything but just your body and your breathing which is quite a refreshing thing sometimes when you're always on the phone always your mind is just being so distracted by all sorts of things all the time so I absolutely love that and I got a dog at the start of lockdown which was a happy coincidence because we ordered yeah we knew we were going to get it well before lockdown started and so doing I do an hour's walk in nature every single day because of him and at the start before getting I was like oh you know this is such a big commitment of my time and am I going to have time to do that and do all the school runs and you know and have enough time and now the way I've positioned it is this it is working because actually I can I can take calls when I'm when I'm there but it's when I think is when ideas will always come to me so long as I've got my frequency high and I'm not stressing you know it's I can have some of the you know my best ideas so I think it's actually it is 
working, you know, because I'm allowing my mind to just slow and get into that more creative space and be grateful. I every single day feel grateful for being to, you know, go out with my dog and walk. And then it's network. I think that is, I mean, I'd almost, well, I think it's probably the second most important other than like, you know, really being kind to yourself. Um, I think being able to hear from other friends and entrepreneurs about that they go through the same struggles and they'll have ideas that you won't have thought of. And the very best thing I did was join the NatWest Accelerator early on. I think it was only, I'd only been going for like maybe less than a year. So I didn't have a lot of revenue to prove, you know, they, but they were taking it on the concept and the, the person and thinking, is this person going to get a lot out of it? And I just met the most amazing people who I'm still connected with, whether on WhatsApp or whatever, um, amazing brands who I've collaborated with. Through all of my network there, I think all of my big opportunities have come, all the big things like I was at the point when the business was too big for me to carry on doing it on my own and I needed to outsource it. I got a recommendation from a chap who I just happened to be sitting next to at the accelerator and ever since I've been using the most wonderful fulfillment center up north who are have saved me they gave me my time back because I wasn't packing thousands of bags of oats and dates and everything else and yeah so I the network being able to share what's going on for you and be vulnerable in front of people because you know they're they've been through it or they're going through it is so supportive I think that's that's the thing, isn't it? Because friends and family kind of get it, but they don't really get it. So you need the connection yeah. with the like-minded people who 100%, 100% understand what you're going through. Yeah, and it's the most incredibly supportive. I've become like really good friends with my my competitors, my direct competitors, wow. because I just you've got to have an abundance mindset where you think there's enough for everyone. It's not that there's this you know there's a market this big and if you don't have all of it then it's there's enough for you know to go around and there's plenty of people in the country and it just feels it's amazing I would have thought I, where before I started business I thought oh, you know you hear about it being cutthroat and you've got to be this you've got to be that and I thought well I'm not prepared to sacrifice my values of who that you know who I want to be to do this and if you have to be cutthroat to survive, then I, I would I probably wouldn't survive. And actually, I found it to be the opposite. You know, it, people are so happy to share and willing to support and, you know, vice versa. It's such an amazing community to be part of and to yeah, learn from people. Like, I just, every time I went into the accelerator, I was like, I've just met the most cool people with the most amazing ideas who've got the most brilliant energy and you just come away buzzing so I think for anyone starting up you can be pre-revenue revenue generating scale up at any point I mean the NatWest one is the one I did and I loved it but there's plenty more so I would highly recommend that to people do you network in other ways do you do local networking or is it just through your accelerator it's I think it all pretty much came about from that so because I was on the accelerator I then got given the opportunity to be part of this thing called the CEO Collective where massive amazing um, CEOs of big brands do pro bono mentoring for smaller brands who are trying to scale up and so I've had mentoring from like the founder of Huel 
and um, Cook and like all these, you know, amazing brands. And then through that, you get invited to things, bits and pieces. So I'd say it was from the NatWest Accelerator that it sparked. And then there's things that link LinkedIn. I mean, I'm, I'm not good on LinkedIn and I, it's like another thing that I can't manage like Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn, but I should because you meet some amazing people on it. So, yeah. <laughs> so always be building your network. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about your business. So you started off just you and now you have nine people. You have a team of nine. Mm-hmm. How many boxes are you sending out? We are about 5,000 boxes a month. Um, it sort of, yeah, I mean, it, it went, it, uh, it absolutely skyrocketed during lockdown, which is when, you know, we so- suddenly found ourselves, when, when they announced that schools were shutting, it was like two sales every minute you know it was just well I thought no this Jamie Oliver must have said something about us or you know it can't just be this announcement and it was it stayed like that for days weeks and we came you know had to make a decision about whether we stop new orders because we had to fulfill for our current customers and and actually we managed to survive but based on I'm so it's one of the things I love the most about the story is because we are good to work with and we're a lovely company and we treat people well and with respect and all of our suppliers we've been very loyal to and and we just get on with them very well and our main supplier of our ingredients called and was like we're having to stop trade orders for everyone but we're going to carry on with you because we love little cooks and we want you to we want you to survive and I think if they hadn't done that for us I don't know if we would have managed we certainly would have been able to 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 scale because we wouldn't have been able to take on the new new customers so that was and I think that's because we're just nice people and we don't have to be cutthroat and do all of that you know competitiveness and, and everything so um yeah that was a a crazy ride of it kind of from me being on my own in my front room to two years I was I kind of grew it organically with no marketing spend at all and I think I got to about 500 subscribers and in 2019 and then I was able to raise investment because I sort of got to the point of actually it was profit making and I was making a bit of a salary from it and I was like this is successful like I've managed to do this it's really cool but my what absolutely gets me firing and my whole energy and mission and purpose is about trying to help children be healthy and happy and food is such a fundamental part of that and if children don't understand how amazing food is and how it's something that can sort of help or hinder our health and it's like inextricably linked and also don't know how to use it you know if they don't know how to put some ingredients together to make something then then what chance do they have when they're older they will have to rely on processed meals because they just won't have been empowered with the understanding and the skills to be able to to fuel themselves so I was like you know, to really, if I really want to build on that mission and really get my boxes into as many houses as possible, I have to start spending on marketing and try to grow it. So that was the decision. It was a hard one because obviously then you're getting other people involved and you don't know how exactly those relationships are going to work. But but I was very lucky and I've met 
an amazing VC fund who have just been nothing but supportive and never ever once have they been on the phone to say well um, your revenue's down this month what's going on they're always just helping and supporting and coming up with ideas and which has been wonderful so that then gave me the ability to spend some money on marketing and recruit people although like initially it was very much and still is a lot on freelance basis which obviously works for lots of people out there who want to work flexibly but equally for the for the people that are now on payroll all of us are parents and all of us drop our kids off to school and pick them up from school and have dinner with them and put them to bed and maybe do a little bit after they've gone to bed but it, that comes first like you know if the kids are poorly they're poorly you don't have to work it's it's very much about um making work work for us I suppose exactly that's amazing so you've got a, a big team of nine now and everybody is living in alignment with how they with their values with their family yeah. as they want to live and work yeah yeah which I love <laughs> and it's been a fantastic way to to help you know nearly everyone that we're working with has come from a quite highly paid but stressful corporate job so um you know director of operations for a big company or head of you know analytics for another and to be able to get back into work they would have had to to get back into those jobs it's you know five days a week trekking into London and they're obviously I can't afford to pay those sorts of salaries but they're quite happy to take the reduced salary on because they're working in something that they're passionate about and care about children's health and you know nutrition because they've got children and also know that actually the benefit of the flexibility for them outweighs the you know the need for the additional salary that they might get in in London but you know that it were it wouldn't work for everybody but it's a lovely way to help people back into work in a way that, that works for them. Um, I want to um, I want to talk about raising investment, but first of all, I just want to pause and look at the fact that you got from zero to five hundred mm-hmm. on your own without any marketing spend. Mm. How did you do that? I don't, I don't really know. Well, I think just try. I'm like ridiculously positive and optimistic, and it's so irritating for so many of my friends <laughs> because I always put a good spin on something um but I think it was really that shifting away from not I, I just gave everything a punt because I thought well, if it doesn't work it doesn't work it's not it doesn't matter I'm not gonna like crucify myself and you know because I was being kinder to myself it felt less scary I suppose so I just pick up the phone to what like I called I used I do the you know the year valley tokens yes. Yes. I'm, I'm like a person that does that. I, I love the like collecting the things and getting an, my rewards for it. And I was doing it one night and plugging in my codes. And I was like, Little Cook should be on here. Like we're such a great offer for people, you know, that like organic food and are into, you know, um, nur- you know, nourishing themselves well. So I just called them and emailed them. And then I got a response and they're like, oh, send us a kit and, you know, we'll have a look. And I've been with them for three and a half years now on their their reward program and actually that at the time I was getting half of my subscribers through Yeo Valley and I just think if I was in that fixed mindset I don't know if I'd have picked up the phone to them and and risked the 
being told no or what are you talking about or you know why would we work with someone as small as you or you know which the negative mind can tell you is going to happen and that that was pretty revolutionary actually for the 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 reach that I was able to to get and the number of subscribers um and yeah just hustling like I would go to all the market fairs and with my sister in tow <laughs> she became like the greatest salesperson for me just uh, just yeah pretty unrelenting kind of positivity and determination I think <laughs> <laughs> but it shows a real belief in your own products that you didn't go oh, I could call up you know, Valley but I don't know maybe they won't think it's that good you know you knew it was that good mm. and like I've got something really brilliant to offer here yeah yeah I think that's the yeah you've got to know that it, it's it resonates well for you and I think you know when some things don't you've got to like nurture your intuition and allow that to help drive things which can feel scary sometimes because you're like making quite a big decision based on my gut <laughs> not all the facts and figures that are around but I think you've got to do that and the more you get out of your own way and allow that intuition to kind of help drive you I think the better the path generally is it's quite confusing sometimes though when you've got you know you sometimes can't tell which is the right message you know you can feel one thing but your head's saying another and it's not always easy to to negotiate that but but yeah I think um having the passion and the belief and um and allowing your intuition to guide you how do you do that is that in meditation or how do you hear your intuition loud and clear yeah I think it's I do think having done all the work I've done with the meditation and and the ice baths and everything of like just allowing your mind to sort of slow and I'm very I know now when it's my negative mind so I can be quite clear okay put that aside because that is not it's trying to help me but it's actually being unhelpful um but it can still be quite confusing um to know sometimes if you're yeah whether it's just the logical thing or whether it's your intuition but I think in the end the opportunities come into your life and you get nudged to like be unable to ignore something like when uh, you know like you probably need to so I like recently I knew that I um needed to bring someone on to help with the sort of the finances side of it and I was sort of, I don't know, I think it just felt quite overwhelming to think, where do I start? How do I, you know, recruiting can be quite overwhelming because you think then you, it's a big resource exercise. You you have to like read all of the applications and in an interview and everything. And then you might not always find what you need, but you're in a position where you have to recruit. And so I was kind of like batting it off. And then just so many messages were coming in from like the universe to sort of signal that this was something that was important. And then I had a chat with actually the investors. They were like, surely, you know, an amazing mum who is, you know, has, has had children and is, is, is like an accountant or in finance. And, and I was like, you know, I do, I do. I've got my, my, one of my best friends from uni who went to Imperial and got a first in maths and has had kids. And then I called her and I said, I don't suppose you're looking for some part-time work. 
And she's like, do you know, I, I was just saying to my husband last night that I want to get back into work, but the thought of going back into corporate is too scary. And she's like, this is literally my dream come true to be able to do it for a couple of hours a day in the school time. And, and it just, it all just came about. And I, it, the signals and the right thing, you, I think just trusting that, that the right thing comes about in the end. Um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> It does, it does. So it's a marvellous working of the universe. (laughs) And uh, the VC that said, don't you know any mums? They sound pretty special. Where did you, how did Mm. you find your investors who understood and who got it? Yeah, so again, so lucky. Um, Or universe, who knows? I was was actually having a coaching session in the NatWest Accelerator and I'd been umming and ahhing about whether I was going to go for investment or not. And then I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to actually. And my coach was like, oh, hell, you should have been thinking about this months ago because there's this thing that, do you know about the SEIS, oh, these tax breaks? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So once you're, it, when you make your first trade, you have two years of being eligible for this tax break for investors, which makes you extremely attractive as an investment proposition. So with the SEIS scheme, if the investors, you can get a maximum of £150,000, if you get it, the investors get 50% back immediately from the government. And then if you go bust, they get another 12% or something. So their actual risk on you is like 30% or something. So, so there's lots of investors out there who are looking for SEIS opportunities because obviously some will go bust and some will not. Um, but I was like five weeks away from my SEIS eligibility running out. And my coach was like, oh, you should have been doing this ages ago. And I was like, yeah, but I'm pretty lucky, Piers. Like, I think, I just think it will work out. And then that, that, I went back to my desk and was like Googling investors in food businesses or whatever. And then a friend said, we're going to go to the pub. Do you want to come? And I usually couldn't go to the pub because I had to get back to pick my son up, but I could go that night. So I was like, yes, I'd, I'd love to. So I put my laptop down and I went to the pub and then a friend said, oh, there's a chap over there who sits on an SEIS fund. You should go and pitch him your business. So I went over with a gin tonic and said, we need you SEIS funding and pitched him the business. And he was like, I love it. Come in next week to the board meeting. So I did. And within three weeks, I had £150,000 SEIS funding, which is insane. Like that is not a typical <laughs> investment journey. <clears throat> and um you know, I like to say it to give people like it's not all bad because you hear so many horror stories and then they ended up being such a brilliant fund to work with as well. So I've had a really positive experience of the investment world so far um, and I hope it remains that way. <laughs> Such a good story. <laughs> yeah, very lucky. So one thing we haven't touched upon is how have you built this business around your son you mentioned pick up and drop off but how have you made the juggle work because from what you've said you're very values focused so everything Mm -hmm. has to be aligned with your values and being there for your son is important to you Mm. how have you made it work I think um I had to get over the belief that I had had from my fixed mindset days that the amount of work you put in is the amount of like success you'll have I used to work ridiculous hours in government and you know like really sacrificed a lot of myself but then I was like but that pays off because I'll get a promotion if I do that and I'll and I had to 
get over the, the that otherwise I'd be always scared like I'm not working right now and I should be because I've only actually worked from sort of 9 30 till three and that's not good enough you need to work much longer if you need a successful business and so I I sort of worked on coming to terms with actually you can have success and not have to work every single hour like this it is possible to do so I got clear on that and absolutely like utilized the time when he was at school and then often like I would work a lot in the evenings as well but because I love it it never ever felt like a sacrifice I wouldn't I would never say like no to going out for dinner with friends because of it I would but when I was at home I'm like well I'm either just gonna sit on Netflix you know like watch loads on Netflix or I could be like coming up with some really cool blogs or like thinking about what we're gonna do in future boxes and which what else would I want to think about because it, it's such a passion and love so I think it was that it was giving myself permission to not have to work every single hour so that I could enjoy the time with my son when I you know, got back from school and we had the three hours to have tea together and play a game or watch telly together, whatever we would do. And then I got back on it. And um, so there have been times when like I at weekends when I was packing the boxes where I would just have to pack thousands of bags of ingredients and it was I just don't know how <laughs> I look back at it now and think I'm proud that I did it but also I'm mental and should have like stopped doing it so much sooner than I actually did um and there were so there were some weekends when you know that I wouldn't have the time with him because I needed to pack but when we started we were on a everyone got their box at the same time each month whereas now we pack to order so and it made it I mean you know I would know the weekends when I just had to sacrifice the time to to get the boxes out the door and then that would only be when I was little it was just one weekend and then it grew to two and then when it just became too much that's when I I outsourced it to wonderful Carol who does the you know heads up all our fulfillment now and in terms of building a subscription box business what I mean now that when you started there were far fewer subscription businesses mm. but now there are many of them yeah lots starting up all the time what would your top tips be for someone who's thinking about starting up a subscription business I think um so it's it's making sure you are what you are delivering is really meeting a sort of pain point or is really able to provide sufficient value that people want to come back because the whole idea is the recurring revenue um, and testing that a lot before you get going to kind of really make sure that it's it's addressing because it might be something you love but if it's not going to be something where people love it enough to think oh, I'll carry on with that so being really clear on the kind of pain point that you're addressing um and there's a lot of you know like surprise and delight so yes you have your offering and that's what you provide to people but always I think putting things in that make people get excited and build that loyalty and building a sort of community around it is important as well um and and feedback like listening to to what people like about it and what they don't and, and being open to that as much as it can hurt sometimes but unless you are always learning every month 
and hearing what's going well and hearing what's not, then you can't iterate. And, you know, what the way our boxes look now compared to the start is they're just, it, they're so, they're so much better now <laughs> than they were. <laughs> um, but that, you, you know, it, it's hard to hear sometimes, but you, you've got to keep learning and improving. Is there one tool or book, something that you do um, or that you use in your business that has made a huge impact on your life, on your business that you would, you could share with us? before when I was doing the packing I just used to listen to relentless podcasts and things so I've got lots but I definitely Carol Dweck mindset I just think that should be compulsory reading for everyone alive (laughs) it's so good um I actually just listened to Simon Sinek he's done the infinite game which is about the difference between creating a business just to grow and get a return and like the shareholder kind of being the primary point of focus versus the infinite game which is where you build something to be sustainable and to add value and to to that with that mindset there's enough for everyone you know and I found that really um amazing thank you Helen fantastic um um where can people learn more about Little Cooks and what can we expect on the horizon? We have launched in retail, actually. Um, so we've, we're in Boots and uh, we're on a Cardo now, but we're, we're primarily e-com. So it's our website, littlecooksco.co.uk and our social handles are at Little Cooks Co. Um, and we, well, we launched our cooking range, our savoury cooking range just before Christmas. So that's quite exciting to be building that because before that it was the kind of baking range and obviously our philosophy of using organic ingredients and nutritionally dense ingredients um so that's exciting and then we're also thinking about something quite exciting uh, a a new digital service which we're uh, just putting the deck together for and hopefully going out to investment to to see if we can raise some funding to do something pretty cool that there's nothing else like like it at the minute but I won't say too much just yet good luck with that that's super exciting thank you thank you so much for your time oh it's been a pleasure it's been amazing thank you so much for having me I hope you found today's episode interesting and useful if you want to go deep on how you can build a successful business around your family and thrive in 2022 I have a membership that can help you with this go to amotherbrand.com forward slash membership for more info. If you've enjoyed the episode, please do hit follow, leave a rating, leave a nice comment and share with anyone who you think might enjoy it. Thank you so much and see you next time.